welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. This year, I've spent a lot of time in the United States with John Paul Mitchell Systems, presenting one of my favorite seminars that I call Grow My Color Business, which is something that we should all be focused on. As hairdressers, it's essential that we know how to consult and design and apply a color, but it's equally important that we know how to make money from it. I'm currently sitting in a hotel room in Las Vegas, and for today's podcast, I'm online talking with Alicia Soulier from Saskatchewan, Canada. Now, Alicia, is a hairdresser, salon owner, and founder of the tech company Salonscale.com, which is a Bluetooth hair color app that, amongst other things, ensures that you know the exact cost of product and every color service leaving the salon, which means that you can therefore price your color services accordingly. I think that there are two stories here. One is the Salon Scale story and how the app can help salon owners and hairdressers everywhere. And the other is about a young woman who's a hairdresser who starts a tech company and succeeds against all odds. Now, amongst other things, we will discuss the problem that Salon Scale solves, how to maximize the profitability of your color services, how you should price your color services, and what is the typical percentage of color service that should be product cost. So, Alicia Soulier, welcome to the show. Anthony, thank you so much for having me. It's really good to have you here. Now, uh, I just want to jump straight in because we've been having a, a good conversation beforehand and it's a, it's a shame in a way we weren't recording some of it, but let's get straight back into it. So, look, I love uh, what you're doing and I think that Salon Scale is a great tool. So, can I just start by getting you to tell us about when and why you started the company and what is the problem that Salon Scale solves? Absolutely. So the problem started well years ago, but I've been a salon owner for over 10 years. And there was an area of my business that I could never control. And that was the color bar. And it was frustrating because trying to price color services was very difficult because I didn't know the actual cost of color. Um, And then with a staff of 10, it was getting very difficult. And as our revenue was increasing, our profit just wasn't increasing with the same uh, projection. So I thought something needed to change. And honestly, it, it it comes down to a really kind of fun story where I had a guest in my chair and I was telling her about this machine that we could make and tell her about all these fun things. And that's when it just clicked. I said, there's just no way that's going to scale. There's no way we can make a machine, ship it all over the place. It's just not going to scale. And as I said the word scale, I was like, holy crap, it's actually the scale. Uh, And so I left Jenny in the chair that day. I basically was like, I got to go. And I ran home. I ordered like five digital kitchen scales off Amazon and I went right to it. And I knew in that moment that all we needed was a little update in technology. We just needed a Bluetooth scale that could record in real time the cost. And hence that is Salon Scale. And that was two years ago. Okay. So 
Um, I've had some time to get my head around this and to look at your website and all that stuff, but I'm very aware that our, our audience are, are you know, just listening to this. They can't see anything at the moment, and hopefully I'm going to drive them to your website to have a look at it, et cetera. But um, I'm going to pretend I'm there, but I'm going to ask the questions that, you know, that someone driving the car or going on a run or whatever they're doing um, is, is going to be thinking about this product so they're not completely confused about it. But, um, but I think before I do that, you know, I've got your website open in front of me and there's a statistic in front of me which has sort of, you know, rocked me back on my heels a little bit. Um, and it's because it's quite a confronting quote on your homepage. And, and it says, did you know that 82 salons closed today because they did not know their numbers. Now, that statistic wouldn't surprise me, but um, it's, it's a certainly a, a shocking you know, indictment, I suppose not just on the hairdressing industry, it's a shocking indictment on small business and that people need to you know, make sure that they're clear about their numbers. That, you know, being on top of the numbers is you know, the most important thing as a business owner. Yeah? Absolutely. Right. It is, okay. it is, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I know that wasn't really a question, but um, I, it, just, it just really stands out to me, that statistic. I think it's a great thing to have on a homepage to get people to focus on what your product's all about. So you, you, you mentioned that it's a, um, it scales, um, that it's a physical uh, product. It scales. But um, for our audience, is it an app? Yes. Right. So... We get most of the people that come to us, they think that it's a scale that does everything. But the scale, I want everyone to think of it as the add on. The scale is something that goes with the app, which our app is our main product. We are a software company. Okay. So, can you use any scale or do you sell people a scale? We give the scales away complimentary with your uh, subscription. Okay. Um, but you can use any scale. You just have to use the manual option in our application. And whatever your scale is registering, you just enter that in almost like a calculator. Okay. So uh, wh where do people download the app from in the first place? So you'd go and register um, at our website, so salonscale.com. You go ahead and sign up. And once you've signed up, then you'll go in the app store, download the app, set up your account, and you're ready to go. Okay, now I'll put uh, all these web addresses and stuff we talk about uh, in the show notes afterwards. So if you're listening to this and you're out on a run, you don't have to stop and write that down on your hand. It'll be in the <laughs> show notes after. So, um, so okay, so they've they've downloaded this app. Now, is it is it Wi-Fi or is it Bluetooth or how does it how does it work from that perspective? So the app works with a Bluetooth connection to register the actual cost, um, but we work off Wi-Fi and. Um, no worries for those that are have lack of internet as well in certain areas, because basically we store all that information in the cloud. So once you've connected, it will send all the information over when you have internet service. Okay. And, and so what sort of device do you need? You know, does it work on Android, iPhone, iPad? You know, what, what, uh, you know, what, what's the tool that the salon owner needs to have for the app to be housed on? So um, it works with every single product, Android, iPhone, tablets, um, iPads, whatever you 
use in your salon. Um, when I created the product, I was a salon owner myself and hardware is expensive. So I wanted to make this as cost efficient as possible. I didn't want salons to have to invest in like thousands of dollars worth of hardware uh, to try something out for their businesses. So we've created the product to be very easy, uploadable, and that you can be up and running the next day. So you can test it and see how it works for you. Okay, so um, I've I've downloaded the app. Uh, it's now on my uh, my iPhone. Um, you know, so I've registered first of all on your website, and um, you've sent me uh, the the scales. Yeah, so I've got the physical scales. I've got the app. Now, talk me through exactly what happens. So I'm now in the color department in the dispensary. I've got a color bowl. I've got a client set out the front. I've got tubes of tint. I've got developer. And uh, what, what are the processes that, that now happen? So let's kind of imagine we have our mobile phone with us. So the mobile phone would sit right next to the scale. And as you grab a tube, let's say you grabbed a permanent tube of 6M. So you grab that tube and then in the application, you're on your today's sessions and you're on that client. So you select the client, you're going to hit permanent and then you'll hit 6N and then you'll start to pour that into the bowl. And in real time, as soon as you're done pouring, it'll send the signal over to the phone and it pops up right in front of your face, which is honestly the most amazing thing about Salon Scale is instantly it's going to tell you how much is in that bowl, which is the, the biggest pain that we have. It's now solved and it's right in front of your face. Okay. So you, you've put the product into the bowl. The bowl is sat on top of the scales and the yep. scales via Bluetooth are telling the app exactly the weight of what is in there, and from that it's going to work out a price. Yes. So, so how does it know uh, what price to work out? So, so I know the answer to this question, but how does it know whether I'm using Paul Mitchell uh, product or using you know, uh, a Schwarzkopf product or a Weller product? How does it know that the difference between that? Because obviously they're, they're different price points to start with. Yeah, so we have the app, but we also have a thing called the dashboard, which is basically where you're going to start to uh, set your salon scale up. So in there, you're going to select the brands and the products that you're using. And we have this all templated. So we've ha we have almost 200 color lines already templated. So the only thing that needs to be done is to attach a price to it. So if you spend $8 per tube, then you're going to apply $8 to all those tubes. And then you can start seeing them in the app and it will calculate the cost per gram. So essentially that's what we do is we take your wholesale price. You can add a markup, which we do suggest to do. Um, and then that's going to allow you to see what your costs are as well as what your profit is off your color. Right. Okay. So I, I just, I just realized what you said, Well, I didn't just realize, I just kept thinking about it. 200 color lines. There yes. Are two, there were 200 color lines out there. Yes. And every day we get more and more. Yeah. That's I didn't incredible. realize there was this much either. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's a huge figure. So there are 200 different brands of professional product out there available in the industry yeah. as color lines. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the, when you talk about this dashboard, whereabouts is the dashboard? So when you do sign up, you're going to get, and like, as soon as you're done signing up, it goes right into your dashboard. And at any time that you want to go look at your information, you just go to salonscale.com and log in right from the top nav bar. You'll be able to log in. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's on, it's on your website. 
it's on the Salon Scale website, uh, and I log in to my own login, and there will be um, uh, the dashboard. And and so if I've just started, and and so let's assume that I'm using Paul Mitchell color, um, yeah. is that already been loaded up all the, the the different products that they have, and you've put in the, the the prices, or do I have to do that myself? So we have a Lux Pass available. What a Lux Pass is, is for $149, we'll set everything up for you. So we'll put your pricing in, we'll put all that stuff in there. Um, and we make it nice and easy. And we do a, a 30 to 45 minute demo and phone call to get sure, make sure that you are ready to go. But we do have a lot of users that are just, we have a lot of clients that are just super tech savvy and they can go through and do this all themselves. It's very simple. Essentially, just like you said, the salon would enter their dashboard, they'd hit colors, they'd hit Paul Mitchell, and the entire Paul Mitchell lineup would be there. All they have to do is then enter the price and they're ready to go. Right. Okay. And you suggested that, uh, that they put a markup on top of that. Yeah? Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. All right. So what do you call that markup? Like, like why do you suggest a markup? The reason why is because when we look in our salons and we look at that front retail area, there's always um, percentage marked up because we are retailing those items. We would never just give a shampoo off the shelf. And after opening a salon and running it, we know that not only with the margin are we making profit off the retail, but eventually the product sitting on the shelves will be paid for with the consistent sale of the product. With hair color, if you can imagine, when you open a drawer or you look at a shelf, that stuff is never paid for. So it's a consistent debt on your wall and it's never circulating any profit or money into your business. So if you have three, $4,000 worth of color sitting on the shelf, that is your cash flow tied up right on the shelf. And with such a trend-based business, we can't we don't have enough profit in our salons to lock up three or $4,000 worth of color just sitting on a wall when we kind of don't know what we're going to use next week. So I always suggest a markup because I think our salons with our profit margins, they're just not big enough. So we need a whole new revenue model put into salons so that we can build a lot more uh, revenue, a lot more profit so we can stay open and be able to do more things. So Looking at the one thing in a salon that isn't moving, um, that would be the color. So this is an, a massive opportunity to really drive more profit in your business by separating your parts from labor and now charging a margin on that color so that you can you can make more profit per application. Right. Okay. So it's sort of like um, you are basically. It's almost like for the three or four thousand dollars to use your example of of inventory you've got on the shelf. It's like you're putting an interest charge on that. That's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. I like that. Okay. So we're, we've mixed it up and uh, it's weighed it and it's telling you on the app exactly what the cost of product is for this client that's sat in front of you. Um, what happens then? You go and do the color. Uh, the color's finished. Um, how does the... So I'm the colorist. I've got that information on the app on my phone. What do I do with that? How does the reception know about that? Does it talk? Does, does my phone talk to reception? Does it integrate with a point of sale system? How does it work? 
So I would love for us to integrate with point of sale systems. So if anyone's listening, <laughs> uh, we definitely are looking to integrate over the next year for sure with POS systems, um, just to make it easy for our consumers for sure. Um, but currently what we do is um, I want to imagine kind of you're at a diner and someone takes your order and then they put that slip back and that's how they place the order. This would be what salon scales phase one would do. So you can bring send that over to the front desk. The front desk has an app themselves. They can see everybody in the salon and then they would apply that to the bill. Now, before I get into the bill part, I always talk about one formula that every salon needs. And that formula is parts plus labor equals price. Every single salon should be moving into this model because we can't continue to put our parts and our labor in one price point. Uh, with the cost of color climbing and being so unpredictable, it makes the bottom line consistently unpredictable, which makes a salon unsure if they're making profit or not. So by separating the parts from labor and going parts plus labor equals your price point, you will make profit every single time. Right. So let's kind of walk through what happens. So if I was checking out a guest and let's say I used $8 worth of color um, and I did a single process color and my price is $100, I'm now going to charge the guest $108, apply it to the bill, and in, on my POS uh, system, I'm going to have uh, single process color $100, salon scale $8, and then that's how I would charge the $108. And, and that's a manual transfer of information. The eight dollars product cost it gets yeah. as man, it, it doesn't it doesn't sink in with the POS, right? Not yet. I would like to get there, and I, I do foresee in the next probably year and a half we'll start to see some of some of our our software companies we've already been working with. The integrations will be there. Yeah. So. Um, you know, for this single process color, as an example, just using the hundred dollars as a nice, easy round number. Yeah. Um, on my on my uh, salon menu before, it would have just said single process color, $100. Um, and client comes to the desk and it's $100. What you're now saying is it's single process color, $100, and that is just a labor cost. And then you say it's $108 labor plus product. My obvious question to you, which people would be asked thinking, is why aren't you just taking that $8 from the 100 Why are you adding that on top? So the biggest ask in our salon staff and if you take the eight dollars from there you're essentially going to be taking it from the stylist and so it's a very difficult thing because there's two ways of going about this and you can you can take that eight dollars from the total top top of the line but now you dropped your revenue as a business and your your stylists are making less money so it's a double negative at some point we have to make sure that there is a separation and that our salons are making profit um, so what I do is I like to talk about that hundred dollars specifically and I ask salons do you already allocate dollars towards color in this hundred dollars so are you a salon that charge a hundred $100 and then just pay straight commission. There's no service charge. Or are you a salon that does a 10% chemical fee that you're allocating, you know, $10 towards color? Or what, what are you doing to cover the cost of color? So that's the first step that you need to do. And then from there, it helps you really set the standards. So let's take example of a salon. Um, and let's say that the color they were using 20 they do on salon scale they said they use $20 worth of color 
They charged the customer 100 and they only had that 10% service charge. So on that $100, they were only allocating 10% previous, but the stylist used $20 worth of color. So now we're out $10 because it didn't fit in that 10%. So with salon scale, what I would say is with that $100, and this is going, this math sometimes, I'm going to slow it down so people can understand. So again, the stylist used $20 worth of color. They charged $100. The salon was only allocating 10%, so $10. So now they're out $10. So with salon scale, what we would say is instead of being a static price when you're doing variable service, move to a variable pricing model. Parts plus labor equals price. So on that $100, what you're going to do is you're not going to just go add 120 because now your customer is being charged way more. But what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to start at 90 because you're going to deduct your previous allocated costs, your 10%. So you'll start at the 90, you'll add your 20, and now the customer is paying 110. So yes, the customer's bill is going up $10, but now you know that the color is being paid for and you know that the stylist is making the same and that salon is truly making the profit deserved off that color service. Right. Okay. Um, As you just mentioned, typically that figure of 10% is what a lot of people work to. Um, if, If they, you know, whether they're, uh, taking 10% off a product off before they pay a commission or whether it's just in their mind that, you know, for their menu that, that uh, any color service, uh, about 10% of that service would be cost of goods. Um, are you saying that that figure is, is out, that it's not 10%, that it's actually more in reality? Absolutely. Um, we have been told for years that it's around 8%. Um, yeah. 8% is where you want it. And between 8 and 10% is where it's at. And I have watched these salons go all the way up to 21%. Well, and Okay, so what do you put that down to? Is it, is it wastage? Is it over-mixing? Or is it the type of work that people are doing these days? I think the problem is we keep looking at it like waste when it's, it's not a waste issue. It's an actual demand of what the color service is issue. And when we look at these color corrections and these balayages that every new stylist that comes out of school now that is just straight on Instagram is getting fed that you have to use more and more color to pro- to do these types of services. So these customers are in our salons longer. They're in for six or seven hours of time and they're using six to 10 times as much color than they've ever used before. But yet the price point has not increased with the amount of color being used. Um, so that's where we're finding that, um, that unfortunately that's where we're finding that little leak in the business. And it's just because we're not uh, charging allocating the right pricing properly. Um, And definitely the separating of it will, will let you know exactly how much those are costing you. Right. Okay. So, so that's very interesting. So, so really what you're saying is that, you know, 10, 15 years ago when there wasn't all the, you know, the balayage um, and these type of treatments, color services being done, that working to that eight eight to 10% model was probably a fairly good average figure to work to. But because of the type of work that we're doing today, where there are typically multiple, you know, uh, colors being put onto a head, that it is way more than that eight to 10%. And sometimes up around the 18, 19, 20, I think you even said 21% mark. So, mm-hmm. and if we're not taking that into account, we really are taking a hiding, aren't we? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I wrote a blog about this. I wrote a blog about how balayage is the quickest way to kill your company. And I truly feel that if you solely focus on those high ticket values, a lot of times we emotionally um, just focus on revenue. And what happens is like, yeah, you're charging three, $400 for those services, but they're costing $70, $80 worth of product alone. Yeah. So the actual profit is not as much as it would be on a single process color. Yeah. So we need to look at profit first and we need to teach the entire industry to separate the parts from labor and that we can't just put whatever we want in a bowl and then like keep it in a price point. That static price point doesn't work. Not every head is the same amount of color. So we shouldn't be charging some flat fee for it. Yeah. I, I think if, if you've just you know, listened to that now, you should rewind it and listen to it again, because I think that that couple of sentences you said, they were really important. You know, I do a lot of, uh, uh, work one-on-one with salon owners and uh, look at their price lists and, and uh, we work out, you know, what I call a, 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 a service price per minute. And, um, and then we, we work that into their, uh, their menu, their salon menu and what they're currently charging. And it's interesting that, you know, a lot of people will have these, you know, they'll say, oh, we do so much balayage, we make so much money on it. Um, but when you really drill it down and you look at the amount of time that it takes, the amount of product that's used often, you know, Mrs. Smith, who just comes in and has a semi-permanent color and it takes 15 minutes to be put on at the shampoo basin. Um, and it's a single process thing. Often that is far more profitable as a color service than that three or $400 balayage service that's being done on the other side of the room that's used up a lot more product than the client's been there for three or four hours. And it's interesting. It shocks people time after time when they see that. And it's an important thing to know because it, it enables you to make sure that there's nothing wrong with charging, you know, uh, with, with using half a dozen bowls of color on a client if that's what it needs and if they need to be there for four or five hours, nothing wrong with that as long as you're charging. And a lot of people are... Um, undercharging, mainly because I think they're just not aware of, uh, of how that's all building up. So um, I know that you no longer have a salon uh, because salon scale has, has you know, become your baby and it's, you know, you've had to make the decision about what are you going to do. Uh, but you obviously had salon scale while you still had your salon. Uh, tell me, tell me about, you know, what impact did it have in terms of, you know, your color percentages in terms of your profitability, um, talk about how you integrated it. What response did you get from staff? What response did you get from clients? Because in some ways it is effectively a, a, a price rise. So I'll start with the staff. So I think I'm a little bit biased because I think it was our product that we're introducing and they had just no, they had no excuses. They had to use it. I made them use it. Um, but that is traditionally the hardest thing is getting your team behind this. Cause what's in it for them. It's the most important thing is what's in it for my stylist. Like how can I get them to use this product and be excited about it so that, you know, we can um, be successful in implementing in implementation of salon scale. So when we, when we did this, we set agendas. So we said, okay, so you have 10 clients in, um, in the next two days. If you, fill out all 10 of them with salon scale, I'm going to give you a Starbucks gift card or I'm going to give you a gift card to there. And so we slowly did that with our team to get them excited about using it. And and we rewarded them that way based off that. That was the first way we kind of got them 
using it really consistently. And then what I did is I was extremely transparent and I think transparency is the newest currency in building trust. And so if you want to have more trust with your staff, all these, all the staff members today, everything has to be transparent because they, the chance of them going independent and running a business on their own is greater than it's ever been before. The opportunity for them to go and find a place of employment or employ themselves is extremely high. So trust is needed now more than ever. And as you're growing this empire, you have to think of it in the eyes of those stylists. And so by creating a transparency and showing them how much things cost, they get a huge reality check and they instantly think, wow, I had no clue I was using $45 for the color when I was doing that similar service. And then they start to realize, oh, my salon isn't making that much money off of me. And they kind of can relate to it more because they can see the cost in front of their face. So that's really, truly what we got from our stylist was once they could see it, the trust between us as an owner and them as a stylist was so much more connected than it ever has been because they could actually see how much it was costing. Also, I found that their consultations improved tremendously. So now when they were talking to the guests, they knew that they were going to have to use $30, $40 for the product. So instead of saying, you know, well, we'll start here and then, yeah, that's good today. They knew they had to charge for that or else the salon was going to take a loss. So their consultations got a lot stronger and it's very similar. The conversation to the customer is very similar. Right now, if you were doing, again, the single process color, you would say, okay, the color is going to start at 100 and then depending on how much product I use, it may go up. That's usually what we would say to a guest right now. So now what we would say with salon style, what they're saying is, Okay, so today um, the color is going to start. My labor is $100. And then depending on, uh, I'll be adding the parts on top. And we're only going to charge you for exactly what we used on you today. No more. And the customers love the transparency. And that same saying works here for them. You're going to build so much more trust with your customer because 99% of your percent of customers come to a salon, they have no clue what they're paying for. And when you think you're consistent in pricing, when you think that the, uh, the customer coming to the salon is same, uh, thinking that the color is the same price every time, it's not. And if you go and interview these um, customers, they don't even know what they're paying for. They're like, sometimes I go there and it's 100, sometimes it's 150, sometimes it's this. And if you ask them what they paid for, they go, I don't know. So by being able to separate it, it's they're used to this in every other industry. And whether they're getting renovations, um, work on their car, or even simply buying ice cream now, there's a cost by weight and or there's a separation of parts and labor. So your customers are the least people to worry about because they're going to be just ecstatic that you're treating your business like a business and separating the parts from labor like every other. And they're just going to be excited to know the actual true value of what they're buying. Okay. That's, that's really interesting. I love that quote. Transparency is the newest currency in building trust. Yeah. I think I'll use that, but don't worry. I'll credit you. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's great. Great quote. That is, that is fantastic. Um, okay. Now you've just said something and I'm, I'm straight away thinking, okay, but I have a level system. So, you know, if you've got a salon where you've got three different levels of colorist, I mean, obviously the cost of goods or the cost of the product is exactly the same. But if you've got a level one colorist who's charging $100 for labor, 
a level two colorist is charging 125 and a level three, you know, your superstar colorist is charging 150. How do you, how do you have that conversation? Because obviously the percentage is going to be a lot more, the, the percentage of cost of goods is going to increase as a, as a percentage of the total bill for the level one, uh, whereas it's going to be decreasing for the level three. So, so tell me about that. Perfect. So we definitely, by changing our mind, we're going to change our profit. And so where do we have to shift our mind? And what we have to understand is the level system should be based off your labor and not the actual cost of doing the service. So by separating the part and the labor, we want to think of these level systems as the level of labor. So if a junior is charging $100 an intermediate's 150 and the senior is 200, that is their labor price. That is how much they make on a labor side. But as for the amount of color used, that gets added on top of that base labor price. So you should never be adding those things together. And I want to remind you, some of these people are jumping into another level system because of their, you know, let's say their revenues increased and they've done all this stuff. Um, let's say they, they brought in $10,000 and they hit their next target and they get into a level two. Well, what if of that $10,000, your salon was profiting only 2%. So now you've got them into another level and you haven't fixed the problem, which the problem is separating the part from the labor. Okay. So your level system should only be based off your labor and your parts should always be added on top because again, it's a variable service and it should just be in added on top of the bill. And so you're saying you don't compare it as a percentage anymore. Literally, it's, it's, it's an irrelevance. Okay, that's yeah. really interesting. Okay, um, so as a client, I, I, I could be coming in and every time I'm getting essentially, the, imagine I'm a client and I've got a bob or something and I'm having a, a head of highlights or whatever. Um, I, I, and each time I come in, I could be having a different bill, couldn't I? Yep. It could fluctuate. And you probably will. And I <laughs> probably, probably will. will. Would it fluctuate a lot? No. Um, I think on someone that has a bob, if, depending on the dramatic um, color difference, like if you are going from uh, dark hair to blonde the, with a bob, you're going to pay more for that service anyways. Yeah. So they would already be coached that the color would be more than just the single process that they were used to. So the color will never be dramatic. So I think if you really break it down, if someone's coming in and getting roots every time and you're always only mixing 20 grams, Say, maybe you mix 25 grams, the cost might be another dollar, but it's not something dramatic that the customer would be freaked out over. But the problem is the communication. If your client came in with that brunette and they wanted to be a blonde and you told them it was going to be the price of a single process color, you've got an issue because <laughs> that's you're using so much more product to get there. Yeah. Um, so I really think just on the general, the cost of color per ounce is not very much. It's it all the where where it is like I think 80 85% of the time all your color is right on par with with what your current systems are doing. But it's the 15% of color that's walking out your door unpaid for because of this non-separation of parts and labor. And that's mostly deal, uh, dealt with color corrections, balayages and improper pricing um, due to communication on the on the consultation yeah okay all right so uh as a salon owner when you were using it in the salon did it did it reduce things like redos because uh, people were being forced to measure and weigh things etc 
Yeah. So um, basically, um, because we only have it in the salon for a year, um, we've noticed a couple scenarios where this really helped us with the reuse situation. But I think through time and as people use our product more and more, we'll really see the benefit of the redo situation. So one particular scenario that I remember was one of our junior stylists um, had a color come back and I looked at her formula and I asked that customer what they were wanting. And I saw the before picture and then I could see the actual physical formula. And I knew right away that the stylist did exactly what I would have done. But it was the fact of how the customer was asking for that service. So it was very easy for me to reword that and say, okay, um, so I looked at the formula. I looked at what you want. And I think we have a little bit of a communication problem. So we'd be happy to fix this um, as a salon. Um, We won't charge our labor. We're just going to charge you for the price of the color. Does that sound okay? And they say yes. And at least I know the color is being paid for and the time is comped. Right. Okay. All right. So uh, in terms of the record keeping um, functionality of the app, um, how does it impact on or how does it affect, if it does at all, your, your inventory control your, and your reordering process? Yes. Yeah, so this is probably, I think this is probably one of the most incredible parts about Salon Scale. Now, everything that you scan, we not only store that as information, but we also can order it for you as well. So the way that it works on our system is every single time you crack a tube and uh, we record that weight. And when it gets down to half, we put it on a reorder. So we do suggestible ordering system. So if you want to order that week, that month, um, you just simply press a button. And in real time, it's going to tell you your exact list and an estimated price of what the order is going to be. And what I love about this is after being a salon owner for so many years, um, I would have to rip all these box tubes, um, either call my rep or email them a fi- like a fill out a file that they sent me, and then wait till they get back and tell me how much it's going to cost. Then I would transfer funds. Then they would tra- it would take so long to do this. Whereas now I literally hit a button and in ten seconds it tells me this next order is going to be seven hundred and fifty dollars. So I make sure there's more than enough. I email that order to my rep and then the order gets placed. So it's within a second um, to do what took a long time to do before. So, so what the app, it, it, it's recording all the different colors that you've used, you know, like the, the 4N or whatever you said before. It's recording all those products. It knows exactly yeah. how much has been used. And whether yeah. it's a weekly or fortnightly or monthly order, it will tell you exactly what you should have left on the shelf versus what has already been used. Yeah. So we print out an order. Yeah. So we basically just um, do, we show you what's being used and we do suggestible ordering. We don't do min and maxes. So we can, we don't basically tell you what's sitting on the shelf, but what we do do is tell you what you've used. Okay. And so does it, and it, so it stores formulas, obviously. Yeah. Um, so each time you come in, I, y- your name is on there and the formulas and exactly what was used last time, exactly what it cost, exactly the weight, you know, yeah. of, of everything that was used. Okay. Um, how does it, how does it affect, um, security in a salon situation? So if I'm a salon owner and, um, I've got this, but all my, my staff members are using it and they've got this app on their phone or, or do you have like a salon 
phone that has got the app on it in the dispensary? I mean, how do you how do you use that? Does each individual have their own app, or is there like a, a salon app? So it would depend on the salon owner. Um, every salon owner's comfort level is completely different. Um, now. Um, if a salon owner does not want the stylist to have it on their phone, then they would just opt to having a tablet version. Um, and in that situation, the stylist would just log in and out on a tablet and or have a mobile phone at the back bar. That's the salons and that's it. Um, with the salon, the information. So if the salon is buying this subscription, then the salon has the access to everything. And if a guest or if a stylist ends up leaving that particular salon, the salon owner is the one that gets all the client information, including the formulas, not the stylist. So whoever is the owner of the account is the one that's actually getting all the data and all the information. And I designed it that way specifically. Now, I like to challenge this because with technology today, it is extremely, we need to wrap our heads around this as owners and realize that your stylists are going to reach out to their customers far better ways than they will be on something like this. Instagram, Facebook, they're already already talking to their guests and to really put it in plain day, it's, it's very, very difficult to hold on to your client list. Um, in today's uh, day and age. So the best thing you can do is just obsess over that customer service and consistently focus on how, how and what you do differently. Um, and one little tip here is as a salon, you have multiple price points. That should be the most biggest thing that you advertise is that a consumer can come to you and pick from $100 to a $300 service and it's up to them. Whereas if you're an independent or a solopreneur, you only have one price point unless you want to do a discount that day. And so that is your best advantage as a salon owner is that you can be an a la carte service to a customer. And the people who are the most obsessed and give the most value to customers are the ones that are going to win. So if anything, just be more obsessed with the customers and provide the most amount of value um, and give them as much options as possible and advertise this every single day, you will hands down drive way more traffic to your salon um, than, than in anything else. Okay. Now I know, you know, from discussions I've had with you that there are competitors in the market, but they're different. I mean, they're not the same yeah. as you. Um, uh, probably the, the, the two we spoke about, Vish and uh, LaRue, um, they're different to what you uh, what you have with salon scale? What, what, what is the main difference? Because I, 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 from what I understand, yours is not really a consultation tool, is it? No. So I, first of all, love that there's competitors in our space because I think that just means that we're all trying to solve a major problem in a salon. So that's great. Um, and I love these companies. I think they're really great. And when we think about LaRue, LaRue came out probably the first... Um, and they really have handled the consultation piece. So essentially, they have created the ability to consult. Um, you fill out the density, the thickness, the percentage of gray, um, the service, and then it tells you kind of uh, tells you approximately how much color would be needed for that type of service. So they really like to focus on consultation and then waste management. That is a big um, point um, for them. And, um, and then 
Um, so if you are a salon that really struggles with consultations and wants to streamline this, this is something that they definitely have. And they do have a free app to download as well um, that you can look at. And then they also are a software service. So they are a subscription model for their their platform. Um, and then Vish came out second. Um, so Vish is another Canadian company. So I'm really proud of that. Um, and Vish, again, focuses a lot on waste. Um, and again, both of those systems, they require for you to fill out information first, what services you're doing, what guests, and then they kind of give you a target. It's almost like target practice. Like you only have this much, so try and sit in that target. Um, and then they really focus on waste. The difference between them and us is that we focus on cost. As a salon owner myself, I don't care what you're using. I just want it paid for. And so we want our stylists to be able to color their way and leave the rest to us. That's what we say at Salon Scale. So where we've had our traction and why salons are loving our, our, our program is that we aren't necessarily telling them how to color. We are letting them do their way and we just record the rest. So that would kind of be a big shift between all of uh, between us and our competitors. Right. Okay. Um, so uh, whereabouts is it available? You're, you're obviously, you know, as we've said, based in Canada. Um, I've got audience listening to this, um, United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh, obviously the UK and, and European countries. Is it, is it accessible to uh, people, you know, internationally? It is. I'm happy to say we do have international guests as well. So we have customers in Australia, New Zealand, um, Europe, even Brazil. We have some customers there as well. And so essentially, if you are an international um, uh, guest of ours, uh, basically, we show you that manual option. So when we were talking earlier about not using your own scale, um, I think our logistical side right now is we're setting up the ability to ship our scales internationally. That's our big hang-up right now. But if you are excited and you're international, we can service you for sure. We just need to teach you how to do it manually and using your own scale. Right. Okay. And, um, oh, the big thing, obviously, cost. What it, so what does it cost a salon owner? Yeah. So if you are a salon owner with multiple stylists that work for you, um, it's $99 a month per location. Um, if you are a franchise, you have multiple salons. Um, what we usually do is we get a hold of you and we find some customized pricing for you, depending on how si how large your franchise is. Um, and then if you are a solopreneur, we are $29 a month. All three subscriptions, you all get 30 days free and you also get a scale to test out the product. Okay. So um, a subscription-based model, why did you decide to go that way as opposed to here's the app, it's $199.50 or whatever, you know, if you want to download it and here's the scales. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a one-off thing that you sell as opposed to doing a, a monthly uh, subscription. What's the, what was the thinking behind that? So I think um, the biggest thing is when you open up an app today and you notice, oh, a new update, a new feature came in. The reason why these apps and these uh, technical companies are allowed to do new feature updates is because with this reoccurring revenue model, being able to every month have a reoccurring um, 
revenue, we are able to invest that money back into the company so that we can make better features and consistently grow. If we only charge a one price, it's like charging one balayage and then never seeing that client for the rest of the year. It's very hard to be sustainable if you're only charging a one-time fee. Um, and so that's why most tech companies and most applications have moved to the reoccurring model. And, um, and then also too with investment, this is a very beautiful way of um, getting investment into the company. Um, usually um, investors are looking for that reoccurring model. Um, so this also helps us get a, an injection of capital as well. Right. Okay. Well, that, that leads perfectly into uh, the next bit I wanted to ask you about, which was, I said at the beginning of this, um, you know, this podcast that, uh, that there's two stories here. One of them is the Salon Scale app and, and how it can help hairdressers. And, uh, and the other story is about a young woman who is a hairdresser who starts a tech company and succeeds against all odds. So, you know, give us a little bit of, we haven't got, we've probably got 15 minutes left, but t- tell us about your journey from your idea to where you are today because um, you're in a very, you know, male-dominated industry. And it's an industry, you know, tech startups, et cetera, have a very high failure rate as well. So tell us about this journey, because I I know from having spoken to you that there's uh, a lot of good stuff in there. Yes. So um, if we think the salon industry has a high failure rate at 84%, I believe that tech industry is 96%. So (laughs) I think it's a higher failure rate over here. Um, And what else is really amazing is 4% of all the tech companies are ran by women. So only 4% are ran by women. So I was very excited to step into this space. But um, going back to that two years ago, when I had that light bulb moment and left that client in the chair, um, I had no clue what would like come after that. I had no clue that I would get to this point. Um, but I knew I, I knew something big was coming. And I think the moment I saw, I, I went to a third party builder. I told them my idea. I trademarked the name and I started working on that prototype. And I think the first time I saw a pen, a couple pens be placed on a scale and the cost of that in Olaplex, I think my jaw hit the floor and I was, I was sold. I thought this is crazy. And I also was crazy at the time because I thought, Oh, I just put this in the app store and then boom, we're rich. Like this is how it is, you know? And that's just not, that's actually not how any of the tech companies run. So I knew I needed some help and there was a local accelerator that was just starting and that was called Collabs. So I applied to get into the uh, accelerator. And what this was, was it was in a bit, uh, uh, basically a group, a, com- a committee that you could go to and they would teach you week by week on how to build a tech company. Um, and then at the end, you could pitch to win $15,000 um, to go towards your product. So I did this. I entered. Um, I was with 30 companies. By the time we got to the finale, there was only four of us. I was one of them. And I ended up winning um, the grand prize. I won 15000 Wow, fantastic. And, you know... So, so how many of them were women? None. I no. was the only woman. You were the only woman out of all of them. And, and was, they, they, yeah. represent, they represented the whole range of sectors. And you bet. little old you from Saskatchewan, yeah. a hairdresser with an apt away colour is what won it and got yeah. the, seed, the seed funding. 
Yeah. Wow. And we like, we, I, just like you said, I was the only female, only non-tech and in the beauty industry. And we were competing against companies with AI and a ton of uh, deep tech as well. And it was just incredible to win that. It was great. Yeah. Um, but but that's, that's not a lot of money, 15,000 to start yeah. a tech company. So, I mean, you know, I hope I'm not being rude, but how did you get investment? I mean, there's a lot of money that goes into these things. Oh, my goodness. So um, I was very fortunate because um, the panelists that were at the actual um, finale um, were a couple investors from Silicon Valley. One of them, um, his name is Neil Dempsey, and he actually was one of the angel investors in Starbucks. And... I um, actually uh, approached him after and thanked him and um, asked him for a private call. He said yes. Um, and then I remember him asking me a question and he still was kind of a little unclear exactly how Salonsville works. So I made him an actual video in a hotel room of me pouring a bottle of Jack Daniels and Coke and showing him the over, over pouring situation. Yeah. And then he wired me $100,000. So, wow. wow. <laughs> so okay. That was my. Yeah. So, um, or a percentage of the company though. Yeah. So we did a convertible note. Um, and again, this is something I learned at, um, at Colabs was how to really raise capital. Now raising capital is extremely hard. It's even harder being female and it's even harder when you're, when you're, you're still in that idea phase. So I was very fortunate to have some traction and I have this kind of, attitude where I, I'm either going to go for it or not do it at all. And so that really helped. And I want to kind of set the stage over the last year. So over the last year, I've had to sit in boardrooms of, you know, 15 mostly predominant men to, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one coffees to flying from Toronto to Vancouver, like all over the place, sitting down with finding the right investors. And I had to pitch this product. And so I, 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 did I pitched it, um, and we successfully did raise one point two million dollars this year. Oh, okay, um, in our first seed round. Yeah. Uh, so I have to say, going all those skills behind the chair, talking to guests, talking to that, don't ever take that for granted because mm. that really taught me how to have that open candor with people, mm. and then how to have that confidence to really, you know, convey that this is a, a big problem. And I believed in this industry from the moment I stepped into it. And I truly believe that my purpose now is to help provide technology to help the next generation succeed and help make more sustainable salons globally. Yeah. And so when I pitched, that was my intention. And I'm so thankful to have these people on board. Yeah. So um, have you had to give away a lot of the company? You've just got $1.2 million. I mean, you've have you have you had to give away a lot of it, or are you, are you still the majority shareholder? I am. So technically, right now, I actually still own one hundred percent because we haven't converted any debt over. So that's great. Um, so typically, the way that works is um, convertible debts are usually over a time period. So we did a twenty-four month term or a next cash round. So let's say I go and raise five million dollars tomorrow, then everybody would convert into their um, equity. Um, and essentially, what we did is we uh, sold 21% of the business for $1.2 million. Right. Okay. All right. Um, and so this was to, to venture capitalists. This wasn't to hairdressing industry, manufacturers, that sort of stuff. 
Were, were you ever tempted to go that that route and and to go and knock on the doors of the manufacturers in in our industry and say, "I've got this product, I've got this idea. Do you want to buy it?" Sort of thing. Was that an avenue you considered or not? Um, I didn't, you know, because I wanted to be agnostic and I wanted to work with every single color line um, and manufacturer and distributor. And I truly feel that. Salon scale can be that database, that that centralized thing that can drive a lot of the industry. Mm. So for me, I didn't want to go there and lock myself into one manufacturer or one distributor or one uh, mindset. And so I thought, you know, my best advantage was to have a lot of the technical background so I could build the product to help support this other industry. So for me, my objective, and honestly, my objective was like, I need the money now to get in here as well. Um, So it was a little bit of both motivations. But I think um, for me, it was aligning myself with people that really have done this before, have they IPO'd a company, have they built, you know, a tech startup, um, where can they help us with growing and scaling um, and, and dealing with that was where I was looking. Okay. That, that is, that's a, a very inspiring story. Um, so how many salons have you got it in now? So I'm really excited because we just hit our 1800th salon. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. And, that, and that's uh, Canada... United States, Australia, UK, the whole lot. You've got it in 1800 and growing. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, and, and so your 30-day uh, free trial, um, is it one of those things that you give people a free trial because once they've had it, they just realize that there's no way they can do without it. I mean, is that the, it's basically try it and see for yourself. The proof is in the pudding. This will save you money. Yeah. It's costing you X dollars a month, but you'll save X, you know, plus Y, you know, by, by using something like this. Okay, fantastic. All right. So uh, where, can, where can our listeners find out more? What, what are your social platforms, website address, all that sort of stuff? I'll, I'll put them in the show notes anyway, but, um, uh, but just over to you. Sure. So we predominantly are on Instagram. You can go to at salon scale. We put everything on there. Um, Feel free to interact with us there and DM us. Uh, Next up would be our website. So so www.salonscale.com. You can go there and interact with us that way as well. Um, And we do have Facebook, which is salon scale as well. Um, And we're very much looking forward to chatting with anyone that has more questions. Great. Well, Alicia, uh, the time has flown by. We've uh, we've gone way over how much time I wanted to talk for, but you, you've got such an amazing product and you've got such an amazing story. And, you know, I'm sitting here looking at you and, you know, you represent so many people out there. And it's a great, it's an incredible example of what's possible with, you know, having a dream and, and being pre- prepared to, to follow it through. So, uh, Alicia Soulier, I just want to say thank you ever so much for being our guest on today's Grow My Salon Business podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.